Welcome to Treasures of Truth, a daily broadcast from Monday through Friday, where we encourage you to come and study the Bible with us. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho. Your host is Pastor Rick DeMichael. This week, we're airing a message entitled, The Unity of the Body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 discusses a beautiful truth in that we as the body of Christ are to be unified and can be unified through the Spirit of God. No one part of the body is more important than the other. Just as a parent loves all their children the same, God loves every one of His children the same. On top of this, it is God's desire for there to be unity and love amongst His children. When the children of God are in harmony, God can do a mighty work. We pray that today's message will be a blessing to you. If you would like to order today's message, stay tuned until the end of today's program for a phone number and address where you can order a copy on CD. And now your host, Pastor Rick DeMichael. All right, let's take our Bibles and go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at the fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians. And we're also going to take a sort of an overview of the book of Ephesians for a few minutes this morning before we get into this chapter. And uh, in fact, if you'll just flip back to chapter 1, let me ask you to do that, and we'll look at a couple of things. Uh, Ephesians is such a rich book, and there's so much in it. I just want to make a, a couple of comments here. When you get into the first chapter, you realize that the overall theme of the book of Ephesians is going to be spiritual blessings in Christ. It's, in fact, that expression, in Christ, just appears again and again throughout the book of Ephesians in all six chapters. And there are some great sub-themes. In fact, just in this first chapter, you see the believer's position in Jesus Christ. You see foreknowledge and predestination on the part of God. Dispensations are mentioned. Uh, our inheritance as believers. Uh, redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, the mystery of the body of Christ. Eternal security. Take a look at, take a look at verse 13. And look at the end of that verse where it says you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. That's connected to our security as believers. What a, what a wonderful promise. And then the headship of the Lord Jesus Christ over the church is found in this first chapter alone. And uh, all of this is ours in Jesus Christ, which occurs throughout the book, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. And then all of it is punctuated continually by references to the grace of God. And uh, there are some great practical sub-themes uh, throughout the entire book. And then you get to chapter 2. Take a look at chapter 2. And you got the old life versus the new life in Christ. And in this particular chapter, we have a new life. We have a new walk. We have a new spirit, we have a new lifestyle, we have a new impulse, we have a new position, we have a new future, we have a new standing, we have new peace, and, and literally we have a new identity in Jesus Christ. How many of you are glad that in Jesus Christ you have a new identity this morning? Well, I'm glad for that. And uh, I'm not only glad now, I guarantee you someday at the, at, at the judgment, uh, I will be especially glad for that. Because in reality, if we can say today that we know we're saved and we know we're going to heaven, it's because of that new identity that we have in Christ. And so we find that throughout this chapter. And then 
uh, all of this is because of his love. Look at verses 4 and 5 in, in this second chapter. All of this is because it's because of his great love. And then you get to chapter 3. You get to chapter 3. And throughout chapter 3, uh, just over and over again, Paul brags about the love of Christ. The love of Christ. And uh, look at verses 14 through 19 in particular. Take a look at verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And so, you know, that takes us up to uh, chapter 4. By the way, uh, just uh, because we're going to come back to chapter 4, when you get to chapter 5, you have the greatest section of material, the most a comprehensive discussion of the husband and wife relationship, which, by the way, for all of us that are married, we should read that once in a while. I think it's just a great reminder for husbands and wives uh, to read that section of Scripture from verse 21 through 33. And then you get to chapter 6, and you have the great discussion about the whole armor of God, the fact that we are soldiers for Christ, and he's given us armor to wear in this great battle. So, uh, we're going to take a look at chapter 4. We're going to particularly land there this morning, spend some time on it, and uh, glean some blessings from the chapter. Now, uh, let me just explain something to you for those of you that aren't familiar. Uh, a lot of preaching, particularly in the main service on Sunday morning, is going to be what's, what's called uh, in homiletics, uh, topical preaching. And in topical preaching, the, the preacher does pretty much all the work for you. It's almost like taking a vitamin, all right? You know, you, you, you take it, and there it is, you know. And, and, and if you're interested, you read the back of the bottle and find out just what it is you just took. Now, you know it's a vitamin. You're, you're sure it's good for you in some ways, but, you know, things are kind of almost pre-digested for you. And in topical preaching, when a topic is chosen and broken down, uh, you know, usually in three or four points with a couple of touching stories. Uh, most of the work is being done uh, by the preacher. But this can be a little bit different. This is called expository preaching. And there's more of a shared effort here. And so I'm going to ask you to really engage with me as we go into this chapter. So let's take a look at it this morning. And we're going to look at chapter 4. And I'm going to read the chapter to you and ask you to follow along as I read. Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Uh, this is one of Paul's prison epistles, and that's why he calls himself the prisoner of the Lord. He's in prison for preaching the gospel uh, in first century Rome. The Bible says, uh, for with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called, and one hope of your calling. Verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. A fellow I went to Bible school with that was from the South said, see, God is a Southerner and in you all. See, I don't think that's what he meant. Verse 7, 
And unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it? but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And by the way, this isn't even in my notes. For those of you that like church history, if you study church history, you find out that the early church was dominated by the apostles. As you get a little further into church history, you hit the period called the time of the church fathers. Uh, that would be the period of the prophets. The heyday of the evangelists has come and gone. And now we are living just before the return of Christ where the, the pressing need is pastors and notice what else? Teachers. Why? Because we live in days of great apostasy, and there's many winds of false doctrine that blow. So keeping people rooted in the truth uh, has become more of a difficulty. And so uh, you see that throughout church history. Verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth, verse 14, be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. Verse 16, uh, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And notice that theme of love. Not only God's love to us, but our love uh, to one another. And uh, let me say this to you folks. Um, as a body, as a body, and I think sometimes it's even true in families, it's certainly true at the workplace, uh, in the classroom, in the neighborhood, name it. Uh, you know what? Not everybody is going to be your favorite person. Is that a fair statement? Right? Unless you're really unusual. Now, maybe if you're Mr. Rogers, okay, and you invite everybody into your neighborhood and you just get along with everybody, maybe that guy did, but, uh, you know... But God doesn't, notice he doesn't use the word like here. He uses the word what? Love. Love. And uh, you know what? Love overlooks preferences. Love uh, overlooks taste. Uh, love overlooks style. And, and love goes to the root of things, and that is that God loves us in spite of our faults and sins and shortcomings. And, and God admonishes us to edify one another with the same kind of love. We want to thank you for being with us today. It is our hope and prayer that today's program was truly a blessing to you. You've been listening to a message entitled, The Unity of the Body of Christ. Just like a marriage, it is more important for us to worry about fixing our own problems than fixing the problems we may see in our loved one. And so it goes for the body of Christ. God wants us all to take personal responsibility for what we can be doing to help the body of Christ, rather than trying to see what the body of Christ can do for us. May we strive to have the Spirit-led unity that Pastor DeMichael has encouraged us to have. 
not just for our own sakes, but for the sake of others and for the sake of the work of the Lord. An act of kindness can change a life. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, if you would like to order a copy of today's message, CDs are available for a suggested contribution of $5 each. Our address is Treasures of Truth, care of Treasure Valley Baptist Church, 1300 South Terry Avenue, Meridian, Idaho, 83642. Our phone number is area code 208-888-4545. Our webpage address is www.tvbc.org. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church. We welcome you to our services on Sunday at 9.15 a.m. for Sunday School, at 10.30 a.m. for morning worship and preaching, at 5.45 p.m. for Bible preaching and teaching, and also on Wednesday at 7 p.m. for more Bible preaching and teaching.